Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines. Coming at you on December 24th, 2021, Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas mm-hmm. Eve, Tyler. Merry Christmas, Jay. This episode is coming via the the worldwide internet um, because it is Christmas Eve and because we are talking about the Matrix Resurrections. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to draw a connection oh, there. Um, there we go. Reviewing the latest film in the Matrix franchise. I believe there was three, yes, three original films. This is the sequel to the trilogy. Um Perhaps we are a new generation of Matrix fans. That was the mindset Tyler had coming into this movie, not realizing it definitely connects to the first three. It is not like a soft reboot. It is a continuation. <laughs> I was really hoping for a reboot. Um, so we're going to review that. We're going to put that up to the test on the patent-pending movie ranking scale. But before that, we have some more MCU to talk about. As always, Hawkeye, the series is over. Episode 6 was released this week on Wednesday. We're going to talk about the episode itself, talk about the series as a whole, and, of course, talk about potential future directions as there is uh, some speculation after this episode. And uh, I look stupid for one of my predictions. So let's just say that. <laughs> let's get into the show. percent of the time, it works every time. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. Smash! I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> So, of course, as always, when we talk about these things, uh, spoilers are on the horizon. I mean, I don't think we have to say that with Matrix, but Hawkeye, you know, we are definitely going to spoil it. This is not a spoil-free talk. Uh, Go watch the episode if you haven't already. Pause this podcast. Come back to it. Hello. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed Hawkeye Episode 6. Ty, (laughs) Hawkeye, five weeks of my life went by really quickly. Um, Just super quick. I don't know. Just Maybe I'm just, you know slowly faster and faster getting closer to dying but um it went by quick but every day (laughs) i heading into hawkeye i didn't have super high expectations because the worst of the mcu shows potentially um this is a future idea we have in mind is ranking all the mcu shows and putting them up to this the scale was probably falcon and the winter soldier um it was the most like an mcu movie whereas you know wandavision loki were both kind of exploring you know unique ideas that you couldn't really do in two hours which you could but like it benefited from this format 
whereas Falcon and the Winter mm. Soldier was a little lackluster. That being said, Hawkeye reminded me that they're really good at doing this, Marvel is, and that this was really good and the character growth and all that was great. And that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was just probably a weird exception because they reportedly had to rewrite the entire storyline because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So I, th- I think that's my takeaway. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I good. No, I'm good. Go ahead. No, it's just this, this show, there's something about like when they, they add in weird twists, they do it really well um, yep. with like the Loki and, and the WandaVision and stuff. Um, and on the ground level stuff, it just, it hasn't hit as hard, but this one was still pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, if you're coming to this show, well, this had a little bit of both, but if you're coming into a show looking for speculation and, you know, crazy stuff, Loki obviously setting up the multiverse along with Doctor yep. Strange, who fucking knows, WandaVision, all the weird shit they did with that show. You know, this did wet your palate a little bit because, of course, spoiler, we talked about it last week, though, uh, Kingpin being introduced. Um, no Daredevil, which people are a little upset about, but whatever. Um, <laughs> unless I just missed him, but I don't think there was Daredevil. Um, you did not miss him. <laughs> So there was a little bit of that. There was a little bit of that, you know, wet in that palette, but it was more based in reality and it was more a character story between Kate Bishop and Clint Barton and, uh, you know, Yelena, um, Hawkeye, uh, Black Widow's sister and kind of overcoming yep. that death, death and everything. There's still some questions to be answered, though, moving forward. And that's what I like about this is, you know, these shows have been going in a general direction that we've pointed out time and time again is that, you know, they almost feel a little bit separate from the movies. They're obviously still connected to the movies, but it's almost like, you have these shows that are setting up, besides Loki, Loki's only the only one that didn't really do this, but either setting up the Young Avengers or setting up the Dark Avengers in some way, shape, or form. And this, you know, continued to do that. Young Avenger, obviously, Hawkeye. They even tease calling her Hawkeye at the end of the series. They don't say it, but, you know, that's probably what Clint Barton says. Just messing around with names. Yeah, and he's like, oh, I got an idea. And the idea is probably like, oh, you just be called Hawkeye, you know. Um, and the Dark Avengers, which this was probably the the biggest of the series before this Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It seemed like they were really leaning into it. And this, you know, you kind of have to connect the dots a little bit. But Kingpin kind of being the leader of the Dark Avengers and everything that entails. That being said, they tease Kingpin dying to the hands of Echo, which my dumb prediction, I said that made me look dumb, was that people on Twitter were like, how are they going to introduce Kingpin and, King- and kill him in one episode? That's not fair to the character. And I was like, that's so stupid. Why would they? They're not going to ki- kill him, obviously. They're not going to quote-unquote beat him. And then in the show themselves, they tease you know, him actually dying. Ty, I don't think he's dead, though. I don't buy it one bit. Yeah, no. Um, you're still right. Like They aren't just going to kill him off after like one and a half episodes or one episode in one frame of a picture um, <laughs> of bringing him back. Um, he was bitching in this episode, um, but I, I think them teasing the killing him thing is, I guess there was like a Marvel run or whatever where he like gets shot and the bullet like partially strikes his brain and he goes blind for a little while. Like him and Daredevil are both blind. Okay. I feel like that could be, that could be something they, they do to where like he can't see or like cause Echo, the Echo series is coming up. If he returns in that, Echo's obviously deaf. Yeah. And so they kind of like bring Kingpin down. And like they can, they can kind of do whatever they want with that. But he's 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 definitely not done. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's just such a big character. Like we've talked about him before, ranked number ten greatest comic book villains of all time. Um, and just he's you know he was obviously in the Daredevil series and whatnot. And you know the actor whose name is escaping me, obviously um, very beloved, playing the character. What Daredevil? Denorfio? Oh, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Um, wasn't Kingpin in Daredevil? Right. Yeah. 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 He was the main villain. Like two of the seasons or all the seasons i don't know yeah so they're not going to do all that just to kill him off with all of the potential there 
Um, and you have a full series going to Echo. Like, how are they going to do that series? I mean, obviously, you know, they could do it without Kingpin. And maybe that's the reveal at the end of Echo is that Kingpin's still alive because it feels like they're going to they're going to play their cards here with Kingpin. They're not going to, I don't think, overexpose him. And this is a way to not do that maybe in the Echo series. And it's a way to eventually, you know, get him to maybe that's why he wants to form the Dark Avengers or whatever he's going to call it is because, you know, revenge or whatever the case is. Um, yeah. But, you know, Yelena, I don't know if she's going to be part of it. And it's just it's going to be interesting to see how they tie it all together because we see, you know, Julie Lou, Julie Lou Dreyfus's character. I always forget her name, you know, recruiting Yelena at the <laughs> end credit scene of Black Widow, you know, showing her that's who killed your sister. You know, it's Clint Barton, blah, blah, blah. But then in this show, she says that Kate Bishop's mom is the one that hired her. And that was a little bit interesting because obviously Kate Bishop's mom's in jail now. But like, how does that character, Julie Lou Dreyfus, connect to Kingpin, which also connects to Kate Bishop's mom? Like, I, I don't know. Like, they have to be connected in some way, shape, or form. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like they ignored that scene uh, of Julie Lou Dreyfus recruiting Elena. Yeah. Because, like, like, she very obviously, like, she had been like, she's the one who recruited me. But instead, it was, no, it was just, I, I don't know. It was weird the way they did it. Because they used her mom as that character almost. Yeah. Without any reference of the original character and the reason she thinks... Hawkeye killed her sister. Yeah, which they also um, don't explain why Kate Bishop's mom would want Clint Barton dead. And, like, that was one thing I was interested by, like, watching it is, like, see, because I was, like, in my head, I was, like, okay, this is probably a mix-up. Kate Bishop's mom probably didn't hire her, and Yelena just thinks that she hired her because she's meeting with Kingpin, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, Kate Bishop mentions it to her mom, and her mom doesn't say, like, oh, no, I didn't do that. Like, she doesn't confirm it, but she just kind of, like, doesn't, you know, acknowledge it. She's just, like, you know, decisions were made, blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know, man. I, I think they're probably still connected in some way, but who knows? I think so, too. But, yeah, she was like, decisions were made while also saying, like, yeah, I'm quitting. So, like, <laughs> wh why are you making these decisions then? Yeah, I I don't know. I It didn't explain. Maybe, like, like I said, maybe it was a mix-up. Maybe she didn't have Yelena try to kill Hawkeye. Like, Because I don't know. Like, they didn't explain why she would even want Hawkeye dead. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she doesn't yeah. want Kate involved in it and everything, but, like, does killing Hawkeye really accomplish that, like, with Yelena? So that's why in my head I was like, oh, it's a mix-up. That's not actually who hired Yelena, but then they didn't answer that question, so now I'm just kind of like, I don't know, you know? Like, they could have explained if it was something, like, Kingpin made Eleanor do or, or something like that. Yeah. And, like, she was just doing, the you know, the fucking the dirty work of actually hiring her, but it was, like, Kingpin's thing he wanted done. But, no, they were just like, yeah, yeah, she hired him and and didn't address it anymore um i will say my my biggest takeaway from this episode jay mm -hmm. um i want to just shout out my boy jack okay because i was thinking he was a villain the whole time and he's actually just a really cool dude who's sick as fuck with the sword he's he was the classic red herring man he's a red herring yeah a million percent um but his mustache is when you look at it from a lens of knowing he's not the villain <laughs> i feel like he's a great character <laughs> okay is he is there potential for him to be some sort of hero or is he just like done after this i'm gonna guess done okay um but you know, he's just like the kooky fucking stepdad who's you know also can stab people <laughs> gets a little I gets, enjoyed it gets mad because uh gets a little bit of blood on his tie yeah <laughs> this is a ridiculous character when not being a villain Let's like see. i'm okay with all the quirkiness and everything he's a villain you could just be like yeah he's fucking weird but just a ridiculously entertaining character, not as a villain. Jack du Duke Duquesne. Um, Duquesne. 
his name is actually Swordman. Swordsman. 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 In the comic books. He's a fictional character appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. His first appearance was in The Avengers, Volume 1, Number 19. It was created by Stan Lee and Don Heck. Although he was first introduced as an enemy of Hawkeye in The Avengers, the character has since appeared as both a supervillain and a superhero. Mm. His abilities. I will... Olympic-level athlete, master swordsman, cunning strategist, highly skilled unarmed combatant, phenomenal reflexes, uses a modified sword that projects various energy beams and gases. Okay, I just feel like an oh, ability for him. Oh, that took a jump. Um, and that carries such a jump. <laughs> Here's his last ability. Carries various throwing knives and daggers. Uh, <laughs> fuck yeah. He just holds fucking throwing knives, and that's his ability. Um... <laughs> So he sounds like he's just a, a hand-to-hand guy. So he could come back. Who knows? I don't think he's going to play a big role, but... Yeah, he could have, like, a smaller role. His comic book costume is purple, much like Hawkeye's and, and Kate Bishop's. Mm-hmm. Um, so fuck it. Maybe maybe next season they go with the LARPers, they get Jack a suit, and it'll be fucking great. In the House of M um, reality, the Swordsman was a member of Shang-Chi's Dragon criminal organization alongside Colleen Wing, Mantis, Zaron, and Machete. He was killed by Bullseye when the dragons are ambushed by Kingpin's assassins. So there you go. Kingpin's taking on dragons now? <laughs> In the House of M reality. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there's see that's the great thing about Marvel though. There's so many they've rebooted it in like all these different universes so many times as they could just they could do whatever. They could completely rewrite stuff and like change everything and be like, well we're just following the comics. Like they could always just take a left turn at any point. So, the swordsman. Yeah. How did we not know? Okay. Did people know this beforehand that he was the swordsman? Because I, I don't feel like I, I heard anyone talk about it. Yeah, I feel like I did like super, super, super minimal research and didn't find anything within like thirty seconds and gave up. But I had a feeling. <laughs> um. Overall thoughts on the series, though, Ty. I liked it. It was good. Good character building. There was some filler episodes, of course, with all these things. But I don't know. The last like five ten minutes of this uh, of episode six like i was a little emotional i don't know like i didn't cry or anything don't get me wrong but like just the connection between uh clint barton and and uh kate bishop and even the scene with yelena and clint barton and just i don't know it, it did good yeah no it, it um the scene with yelena and everything was very emotional um you know just because of like both those characters like we as the audience see the background of both of those characters and everything and seeing it come to a head to where Obviously, Hawkeye feels like enormous guilt for um, Natasha dying and everything. Yeah. And then just like having her also throw on to that, like he's already beating himself up and then Elena's beating him up for it. Um, it was a very good emotional moment. Uh, the Kate stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. Like um, she's still with him. Um, so yeah. confirmed Hawkeye did not die in this series like yeah. you were thinking. <laughs> Um, but it'll be interesting. I, I feel like we definitely are getting a, uh, like a second season. Okay. I have not, I have nothing like no confirmation on that. Just feels like they're going to do it. I, I don't know if they will. That's, that's where I push back a little bit. Um, no, I just, I don't know Talk. if they will because they can feature them in other stuff. And I, like I said, if we, if we think they're going the direction they're going, like they're going to be in like a team up series eventually you would think, but I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I just, that's why Loki season two surprised me so much was because it felt like a lot of these were just like one time things. You know what I mean? Like bigger movies pretty much just to help push the narrative forward. But Loki, obviously they set it up in a way where, you know, it's, it's who knows what the fuck happens. So I don't know. Maybe there is, maybe yeah. there isn't. I, I feel like this one, just the way they left it off, it could very well be like, Hey, 
these two are still together with something else happens. We can very well tell another, another story where they're both involved um, and continue the character growth for Kate. Um, I, I will say now that you mention it though, Hawkeye saying Hawkeye season two at the end of the season um, probably is a good indication that we aren't getting another season two of anything else. <laughs> like if they already know by the time they wrap on the first shows and tease it in the first season of a show. Um, but who knows um, the watch. Oh, yes, yes, I wanted to touch on that. Um, I thought it would be something cooler. It was just kind of a little Easter egg with his wife. Yeah, what was that? This is me showing my ignorance. What was that symbol at the on the backside of it? Am I just dumb? No, I had to do a little bit of research here. It was a shield logo. Um, it had a 19 on it. You do some research. I think the character's name is Mocking, Mockingbird. Mockingjay? Hunger, Hunger Games Mockingjay? Yeah, Mockingbird. Okay, so Mark, Mockingbird is a Marvel uh, Comics character. She goes by Shield Agent Nineteen. Great name. Um, which is why it had the uh, it had the little nineteen on the back of it. And basically, it's just like an old superhero, and that it's been like a fan theory that that's how Clint met his wife, Laura, was that she was Mockingjay or Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that basically just confirmed it. Probably not going to mean think... anything moving forward, right? Yeah, no, I, that's why I'm like, I don't think it means anything. I don't think they're going to do anything with it. I think it was just kind of like, a, ah, we'll throw this in here for the fans. Okay, fair now, enough. Now, my, my one complaint on it, though, is like, you got the Ronin suit. You got some other shit from Avengers Compound at this black market shit. Yeah. Why were, why were the fucking the people breaking in trying to get the watch just to find out who Laura Barton was? Well, I don't like, know. Why was that on the top of their list? Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, because I was I was about my I was about to push back and say I don't know if they were trying to find the watch. I think it just got stolen and it was in the black market auction. But you're correct. The the track zoom mafia fucking bursted in and wanted that watch. I don't know. <laughs> I can't answer that, Ty. Um, because like... they don't know that Clint Barton is Ronin. So how would you even connect Mockingbird with Ronin? Exactly. And so it's like what like unless she knew the Ronin unless fucking they like knew somehow. But like how would they even know that? I don't know. But, like, if they already knew, then they wouldn't need the watch. Because, like, I'm, I'm assuming it was, like, the Mockingbird character did something to these people. And that's why they want to know, like, who she is. Yeah. But also, like, how long ago was that at this point? Because she's, like, married with children and very obviously not a superhero anymore. And was blipped so off just the doesn't... planet for five years. <laughs> yeah. So it's, like, this is, like, 15 years ago or something. And now you're breaking into a black market thing to get this watch. Yeah, that's a good point, Ty. That's a good point. It's at least 15. He's got, like, a fucking, like, senior in high school son. Who I thought was Shang-Chi. <laughs> Who's he, d- he did think that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like my worst take ever. That and the Jaguars winning the AFC South this year. That's on my Mount Rushmore yep. bad takes. Like, fucking fantastic. Um, Well, I just wanted to point out, too, maybe last thing we touch on. I don't know if you have anything else. Is this show is taking place two years after the blip? And as we know, Spider-Man, we have that in our rearview mirror now. Didn't show up in this. Some people thought he would. Um, yeah. Maybe they thought Andrew Garfield would show up, which everyone's just jerking off Andrew Garfield, man. I I love a little bit of tangent here, but I love how, like, the general consensus was like, oh, yeah, those movies weren't that great. And now he gets, you know, 30 minutes of screen time, which he was very good. We talked about it. And everyone's like, oh, my God, we need Amazing Spider-Man 3. Like, like was he? Were those movies even that well- good? I think the issue with those is that like his his movies weren't very good, despite the fact that he was very good in them. Yeah, I think it's just writing. I think he just needs to be given better shit to work with. Do they ever do that? I don't think they do. I, I don't. I think I think he's going to be in the Venom universe. You think they're going to bring him back? Yeah. No, I think Andrew Garfield, 
because they split up Tom and, and, and Tom Hardy and, and Tom Holland. And like, those are two different universes. And like, there's the theory going around that he said like, Oh, I stopped pulling my punches, which means he's like fucking actually killing people. And then there's the murderer sign in the Morbius trailer with, over Spider-Man. Oh. So it could be because he kind of like went off and was killing people. And he's going to be the Spider-Man of that universe. He got sucked into the Venom universe and he's been in it the whole time. And we they just never told us. Yes. That would be, okay, I'm down with it. I'm jiggy with it. I like it. I like having Tom in the MCU Spider-Man and telling that story while also having Andrew with all these villains. And then you could have um, Michael Keaton just be that universe's version of Hawkeye, or not Hawkeye, um, <laughs> Vulture. And that's why he's not in jail at the time, because he actually, in that universe, hasn't done anything yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it. All right. We'll see. I don't know. Now I'm, They've done a great job of making me excited for a Morbius film, which I otherwise would have just been like, okay, let's go see Morbius. And now I'm like... <laughs> I'd want to see it fucking opening night. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, like the switch is flipped. But no, to go back to Hawkeye, though. It's two years after the blip, which is assumingly, you know, pretty much two years after the Spider-Man events, which is also like two years after, you know, um, what happens in WandaVision, what happens in Doctor Strange. And it's just how they tie all this together with Doctor Strange coming in May and obviously all the crazy shit there. And he's battling an evil version of himself and all of that. The trailer is officially out. Um, I don't know. It's like. It's it's an interesting balance that they have, and we talk about it every time, but they have these rooted in reality stories, but then they also have things like Doctor Strange and Loki that's just so crazy, and it's like, if Loki broke the multiverse, when does that come in? And then Doctor Strange is dealing with the multiverse two years earlier, but everything seems normal in Hawkeye, and it's just kind of like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think, Ty. I really don't. Um. Okay, so No Way Home and Hawkeye take place at like basically the same time. I thought No Way Home takes place right after the blip. No Way Home takes place right after Far From Home, which takes which, place a significant time after the blip. Are you sure? 100%. That's why all like the the Rogers the Musical shits and Spider-Man and Hawkeye because it's set in like the same same thing. Are you Far sure? From Home has a gap because he gets back from the blip and then everyone like starts to move on and everything and he's the one who's stuck and he hasn't been able to move on. It would be a little bit before though because they went on summer vacation and then No Way Home starts right after that. But there was some time passed when he was living in the apartment, I guess. Yeah, because, I mean, No Way Home, it's it's Christmas. It's snowing. It's Was it Christmas? It was like fall. But I guess the end was Christmas-ish. Yeah, basically. So it takes place maybe a little Which... before, maybe a little after. It'd be weird that they didn't reference the sky being purple and, like, falling apart in Hawkeye. Well, maybe Hawkeye happens right, ends right before, before. that happens. Yeah, I don't hate that. But they, they very much are side-by-side side in the, the MCU timeline. Here's a question. Is... <laughs> Now we're talking about Spider-Man again. This is why people love Within the Lines is <laughs> Doctor Strange made everyone forget about Peter Parker, but does everyone remember the sky turning purple or do people also forget that? So here's the deal, Jay. That whole situation is just a real big shit show because like you can learn about Peter Parker again, but like like people are saying like what happens when MJ just looks at her phone and sees her screensaver with some random fucking dude? <laughs> and like how does Happy not put two and two together with like, oh, I know Aunt May through Spider-Man. And so do you, but, like, what the fuck's going on yeah. here? There's just a whole whole lot of inconsistencies that you just have to overlook, and I've accepted that. So do you think – but that's my question. Do you think people have forgotten the purple sky, or do you think they remember that and they just don't remember why it happened? Yeah. When, uh, I think they do remember the purple sky. Okay. Yeah, there there is a lot of uh, interesting dynamics there. But, I mean, you could just be like, oh, everyone forgot about Peter Parker, so MJ's phone changed. You know what I mean? Like – Whatever, you know, that's oh, we, part of Doctor Strange's spell is he changes her wallpaper. 
gets rid of all memory of him. Yeah. I saw someone on Reddit was like, they forgot the number one time travel. I think this is from another movie, but I'm not sure. They forgot the number one uh, memory wiping thing is to just write on your arm, no matter what, believe Peter Parker. Like, MJ could have just wrote that oh, on her arm. Yeah. Easy. So easy. Get it tattooed. <laughs> I don't think she had time permanent. to go to a tattoo parlor. <laughs> no, but it's permanent. It would never wipe off. <laughs> no, but it is interesting because, like I said, they're dealing with all this crazy shit, and then they have Hawkeye, which is rooted in reality. And Hawkeye, they did mention the um, new um, Statue of Liberty, though. They did. So that leads me to believe so that makes Far From No Way Home is maybe after because it obviously gets destroyed, and I don't think they rebuilt it in a month. Or they were excited to see the new thing that had not yet been destroyed. That's what I'm saying. Is in Hawkeye, Yelena was excited to go see the new Captain America uh, Statue of Liberty that was being built, which means it was before Spider-Man and his buddies destroyed it. I think so, yes. That... But also in this thing I looked up, it's claiming Hawkeye's after No Way Home, which I just don't believe. Who's claiming that? I don't know. Some website it has like all 80, like including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.s and all that bullshit. I'm going to have to check some other resources here. I think that's an important – maybe that's an article for us. Is That's an important telling point because they made the Statue of Liberty a very – I was going to talk about this last week, um, how it connected to Hawkeye. But then the final battle was at the Statue of Liberty, so it didn't matter anyways. But before that <laughs> final battle, they mentioned the Statue of Liberty twice. I don't know if you picked up on that. There was one time when it was like a news broadcast when they were doing all the Spider-Man shit like the montage. And one of the newscasters said like – you know, people pushing back for the new Captain America Statue of Liberty or whatever he said. And then there was another time someone else, like, briefly mentioned it. And when they both said that, I was like, oh, shit, Yelena mentioned it, like, seeing the new Statue of Liberty. So that's connecting them somehow. And then, obviously, the final battle happens. They destroy the Statue of Liberty. But if Hawkeye happens after Spider-Man No Way Home, unless it's literally, like, a year plus after, there's no way it's, like, a month later. And they're like, hey, let's go see the Statue of Liberty that just got destroyed. Like, Yelena wouldn't have said, I want to go see the new Statue of Liberty. You know what I mean? So I think Hawkeye yeah. is before Spider-Man No Way Home, briefly. Now, my other theory on this is Spider-Man, so you're right, he does come back from, like, his summer vacation, and that's when, like, the Mysterio news breaks. Yeah. So I wonder if it takes place, like, summer 2024, and then, like, the ending, obviously, is him going back and, like, trying to introduce himself to MJ, but that's, like, in Christmas time, so, like, time jump, kind of. Well, because it's weird that he gets right back from his summer vacation and then we have snow in the final scene. Well, no, but he's living in his apartment for a while and then he go back. He goes back to school, you know, and then they have their MIT exception and they have that little montage where he gets all the rejection letters. So some time has passed since the end of Far From Home. That's for sure. You're right. You're right. So that's my theory now. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. But it's claiming Hawkeye takes place after No Way Home. They're wrong. Like multiple things. They're wrong. I'm just gonna I think say, you're right. They're objectively wrong, and we are objectively right. I think it has to be, unless they just, like, instantly rebuilt it, and we're like, you know what? No, we want this fucking shield up here. <laughs> they rebuilt it that quickly? <laughs> yeah, they're like, not only are we not going to take the time it took the first time, we're going to put all resources into fixing it right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, or is it that one got destroyed, so they rebuilt a new one of Spider-Man? I think that wouldn't happen. Um, That'd be sick. It's just Lady Liberty, but with the Spider-Man mask on. <laughs> I got nothing else about Hawkeye. Do you have anything else before we go into the Matrix Resurrections? I don't. Um, it was it was a fun enough show, though. I just hope for more Elena and Kate Bishop stuff in the future. Because those two is like a team-up, buddy cop type show, movie, whatever. It'd be very funny and entertaining. 
main just, takeaway. I just think Yelena with anyone is probably great because Florence Pugh is very great. Look, you're not giving enough respect to Haley Steinfeld here because they're both fantastic. Sorry. Sorry, Ty. So don't be a dick. Let's get into the Matrix. Within the Lines would not be possible without Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast and has been how we have made our podcast for over two years now. Anchor has everything we could need to make a podcast. And if you were thinking about starting your own podcast, you definitely should take advantage of their resources. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. We have fancy mics. You don't need a fancy mic to use Anchor. When hosting on Anchor, you can even distribute your podcast to listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Anchor does that work for you. You think me and Tyler are smart enough to figure this stuff out by ourselves? Absolutely not. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And of course, the best part, because me and Tyler are cheapies, Anchor is totally free. Anchor's been great for us. It's been what we have been using. Um, We highly, highly recommend it. And if you were thinking about making a podcast yourself, we encourage you to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Let's get back to the pod. To find out if his reality is a physical or mental construct, Mr. Anderson, a.k.a. Neo, will have to choose to follow the white rabbit once more. If he's learned anything, it's that choice, while an illusion, is still only is still the only way out of or into the Matrix. There's so many fucking pauses in the synopsis. It's so hard to read. Neil already knows what he has to do, but what he doesn't yet know is that the Matrix is stronger, more secure, and far more dangerous than ever before. Fuck that synopsis. <laughs> the Matrix Resurrections shit. 2021. The sequel to the trilogy comes out, the third Matrix came out in 2003, 18 years later. Money grab, maybe. Some hardcore fans being pleased, possibly. It's got a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 66% audience score. That's a lot of sixes, Ty. Oh, I don't like that one bit. Um, now, admittedly, hand up, before we get into the review, neither Tyler or I have seen any of the major movies. <laughs> um, Not a one. And Tyler was saying he wanted to be the new generation of Matrix fan. <laughs> um, Correct. I didn't want to have to rely on the old ones to like the new ones. Which just, I I don't, were you expecting it to be like the second Star Wars trilogy where you could like kind of jump into it? Or what were you expecting? <laughs> I was expecting like a, like a reboot type thing or something. I, I don't fucking know. Not this. Not just like a continuation. Because like everyone hated Matrix 3, I'm pretty sure. I have no idea. <laughs> Matrix 3 has a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. So I thought for sure they were going to just abandon shit and like start over. Okay, fair. But they didn't. They really didn't. No. They just kept it chugging. Yeah, this is a it straight up picks off from the picks up from the the previous story, which I will say, I sent Tyler a resource. I sent him a very useful article that explained the events of the Matrix trilogy. And almost like the pre-events, like stuff they explain in the movie that happens, you know, before the, the movie takes place. And even some stuff after. Because I guess there's been like, I don't know, there's been like, they made of like a video game that was like, they said was canon, but then went back on it and said it wasn't canon. And then they made like a, there was like a, 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 man- a manga that they said was canon, but then said there wasn't canon. I don't know. But I did a lot of research, so I knew what to expect going into it. And uh, yeah, it was, The Matrix just isn't what I thought it was. I'll say that. That's the first thing I'll say. Not even remotely. Um, without watching the movies, I feel like you never find out that like it's like a robot world where like they don't even have strawberries. Like strawberries are a fake construct that they have to recreate. Yeah, I, I thought the 
I thought the whole thing was like, again, it's just ignorance showing, but I thought it was a guy doesn't know like if he's in the real world or the matrix and then he gets out of it and he goes to the real world and who knows, maybe it's running a simulation like in bliss, you know, the matrix wannabe we reviewed earlier this year. I didn't expect it to be a, you know, apocalyptic uh, robot world that's based in like 2067 or 2667, um, according to the research I did. And that Neo is considered the one which people in Zion, which is not Zion anymore, it's Io, think of him like pretty much Jesus. So here's all the backstory I got for you, Ty. You didn't read the article, right? No, still haven't. So way back in the 21st century, humans created, you know, like, something about like AI or whatever. And then the AI took over. And then I don't think this is in matrix. I think this is all like they explain it or whatever, or maybe it's like in a book or something that they say is canon. And <laughs> then something happens. The AI gets so advanced, but then they give the AI its own country and like let it into the United nations or some shit like that. Um, and then okay. the AI just like pretty much goes to war with mankind, pretty much kills all mankind. Uh, harvests the humans that's why they create the matrix so they have all these humans inside those pods like we saw him in. they're like batteries right yeah pretty much it's kind of like monsters Inc. yeah um <laughs> they have them in this <laughs> and that's what gives the computers power so they could have like their you know computer world or whatever meanwhile there's one group of humans left um they were previously in zion and you know they're trying to defeat defeat the computers blah blah blah. some of them get out of the matrix and go to zion some of them are just born naturally in zion they have like special names if that's the case and like from what i was reading and again i'm, I'm pretty sure this had to have been explained in a book it's like the computers let the humans live because they want them to stay alive because then there's a source uh, a sense of like they could defeat them so then that helps the other humans inside the matrix and there's been like six different versions of the matrix like this is like the the one that Maybe not six. The one that's in the original movie is like the third or fourth version of the Matrix. And then like there's different versions of the one that have come along throughout the years. And the computers want the humans to believe in the one because that gives them a sense of false hope and all this bullshit. I don't fucking know. And then you have Agent Smith who started as like an agent in the original ones but then got so smart because he was originally just, you know, coding or whatever. He got so smart he Mm -hmm. found out he was like coding and then he wanted to destroy the Matrix which in turn – if he destroys the matrix would also destroy the humans and just kill everyone. So that's why, uh, Neo is against him or whatever, something like that. If there's any matrix fans listening to this, I'm sorry if I butchered that. That's what I got from it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds right. Um, I, I, I'm, it just feels like a lot like that. was obviously someone just sitting down and like creating this entire backstory for just these three movies. Um, now four. Yeah. I, it, I, I'm, I'm rocking with it. I don't hate it. I will say my again, like you even joking, um, like Monsters Inc. This movie has influenced so like this this series I should say yeah has influenced so many different fucking movies trying to recreate it and steal things from it. Oh, for sure. And like I mentioned to you before we started recording the pod is like those are like we've been alive for some special things. <laughs> like this is just movie related. I'm not going to get into more special things or whatever. But we've been we were alive <laughs> for you know the birth of the MCU. And the Infinity War and Endgame, which even though Spider-Man has already crossed a billion dollars, um, there might not ever be an experience like Endgame again. Like, just because this was the first time it was done. You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. We've been alive for other things like that. You know, we weren't alive for Jaws, which was a huge point in cinema history. That was the first summer blockbuster. Like, that would have been cool to be alive for. You know, it's different watching it back now than being there when when it's fresh. And this is one of those things where it's like, I kind of wish I was alive. I was an infant. 
but I, I wish I could go back. <laughs> I was and... about to say, 1999, Jay. <laughs> I wish I could go back as my current state, not knowing anything about the Matrix, um, while everyone was worried about Y2K. That's another thing. I'll touch on that in a sec. But like how they marketed this movie, and I don't know how they did. And maybe I have to do more research. Like, did they market it as the Matrix, and it's this guy living in a simulation, and you knew that going in? Or did they market it as like, hey, there's this guy named Thomas who's like a little bit special and like you don't know what the movie's about. You go and see it and then halfway through the movie you find out he's in a simulation. You have all the stuff with Lawrence Fishburne taking the pills, getting out of the simulation. You don't know what's real, what's what's fake. Like that must have been badass to see for the first time. And that's why it's so influential and also more badass because everyone in that time period was fucking worried about Y2K ending the world because the computers were going to turn to zeros instead of 1999, which is just the dumbest theory ever. <laughs> I it still it makes no fucking sense, but that's just us from like a very much more computer based knowledge um, of how we live now. Yeah, <laughs> but I could see it. We just got these weird things. The Matrix just came out. You're freaking the fuck out. That's another thing it probably influenced was the Y2K conspiracy. Yeah, like it's almost like the 2012 movie that released, you know, about the end of the world that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, So that must have been cool, though. And I think that's why it's that so influential. A, that was such a dumb joke. What? I wasn't trying the to be 20, the 2012 movie. Yeah, you know that was the Mayan calendar, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the Matrix, Y2K. They made a 2012 movie about the them thinking the world was gonna end. Okay, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying that like the 2012 movie is the entire reason. Like, everyone was concerned the world was oh, going to no, end in 2012. No, 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 no. The 2012 movie capitalized on the worries that people thought the world was going to end. <laughs> okay. I was on the opposite side. I said the Matrix caused everyone to be concerned about the world ending in 2000. Um, yeah, I don't know when the, the Y2K conspiracy started. I don't know. That um, shit was funny, though, because I could just see someone in 2009 who knows nothing about the mind calendar watching this movie and just turn and, like, is this shit really going to happen? <laughs> oh, man. I saw that movie in theaters at Universal Studios. Fuck yeah. I'm trying it's to... a really okay movie. The Matrix Y2K. Um, why The Matrix 20 Years on Why It's Still the Best Sci-Fi Film Ever. I don't know. I, I don't see anything um, about about it, but I'm not going to click any of these articles in case they have autoplaying videos and we're on Discord. But, like... Nice. That's the thing is people call it the best sci-fi movie ever. Like, it's just... It, it's revolutionary. It's a groundbreaker. It's a trailblazer. Now, that being said, this is 21 years later, not more than that, 22 years later, and the franchise has had some bad movies, and standards are higher this year, and you're just not going to be able to recapture that gold in a fourth film. So yeah, it, it's an interesting decision because it makes me feel like it's almost a money grab, which everything is a money grab if you really think about it, but... What made The Matrix so great is how trailblazing and how great it was, and to make it another one this far after, like, I, I just don't see how you recapture that unless you go in a completely different direction, which they didn't do. They kind of just continued the story, and I guess we can hop into the patent-pending movie ranking scale tie. Plot slash story, I still did give it a 12, and you might give it lower because you didn't do the research. Um, shame on you, but... um. Mm -hmm. No, I, I thought after reading about it, I thought they they tied it into the original source material in a in a a proper way that didn't feel forced. Like then again, it's the Matrix. There's so many weird rules you can kind of get away with anything. Um, yeah. And I, I thought someone who is a fan of this would look at it like, okay, this is a a um, why can't I think of the word? It is a happy, not a happy way. I'm uh, content with the way it ended. I don't like 
fans of the matrix might be like okay i'm happy with how they did this how they connected it and where it's potentially going moving forward because they also probably set up a sequel um another one so i I thought that was fine now where it lacked again it's it's not going to catch that lightning in a bottle twice and i told you before the pod i thought they were going to go the route which i thought would have been really cool but it probably would have pissed off matrix fans is the story is you know he's in the matrix again because he died in the third one and the computer's brought him back to life that way they could harvest his energy and to trick him into he's still in the matrix he is a game developer who designed a game called the matrix one two and three which is all the events of the first three movies and that's how they trick him like his memories when he thinks of the memories of what happened it's the game that is you know influencing him or whatever yeah and i thought that was really compelling is like i was like what if they did it where that was like, they didn't continue this whole robot versus human storyline. Like, the storyline was, here is a guy named Thomas Anderson who did develop the three Matrix games. And he's maybe in a bigger Matrix or whatever that's not even connected to that story. I don't know. They could have. I feel like they could have done something cool with that. And that would have been, maybe he knows he's in a fucking movie now. You know what I mean? Because they even mentioned Warner Bros. And, like, but, at like, again, that would have pissed off Matrix fans. And I don't know. I just, I think I was looking for more groundbreaking Something that was cool, breaking the fourth wall, something, but it was just kind of a continuation. What'd you give it? Yeah, I gave it an eight. Okay. <laughs> um, it was, again, without any background knowledge, they don't do anything to help, like, explain it. And, like, I get why that's kind of funny because it's like a sequel, but also, like, you're releasing this movie 20 years after the fucking, like, you're the last one. Like, yeah. you need to do something. There's, like, a whole generation of moviegoers who weren't alive for your fucking a, first movie. A new generation of Matrix fans. Exactly. I think, do you know if Revolutions or Reloaded is his third one? I'm going to go Reloaded. Nah, it's Revolution. Fuck. Shout out to them to keeping, like, the R, R, like, Revolutions, Reloaded, Resurrections. Yeah. Good Revolutions is 03. Yeah. Reloaded is also 03. <laughs> They just went back to back two movies the same year. I just Googled the Matrix 3 and the Matrix Revolutions is the one that popped up. Yeah, it was the third installments in the Matrix film series. That that one was November of 2003. Reloaded looks like it was, it's not showing. May of 2003. That's wild. Yeah. They're just like, we made this movie four years ago. We're going to bust out two more this year. I wonder if it was a Lord of the Rings situation where they filmed all of it at once. Yeah, it says it picks up immediately where Reloaded ended. Maybe they filmed it all at once and it was a lot. So they're like, let's cut it into two movies. That makes sense. Um, I forget where I was going. Oh, 2003. Yeah, so that was a long fucking time ago. So you got to give me something to understand why I should care about these people. And like, what the fuck's going on? And like, they kind of do, but it wasn't that great. And just the overall story was just kind of like, okay. Like, it's it was whatever. I don't, I don't even know how to articulate my thoughts on it. I just didn't enjoy what they're trying to do here. Well, you should have done some research. Um, no. <laughs> no, that's why I gave it a 12. Is like that's That was my landing point with it. Is It's a film that, yes, it doesn't help explain it, but it does pick off, up where it left off. And, like, again, it, it, does, it feels somewhat organic in the, in the Matrix universe. But it also is lacking because, like, again, The Matrix is this premise that's based – this movie that's based off this really cool premise and reality and fiction, all that stuff. And it turns into a rescue mission. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it, it turn, 100%. It turns into let's go get her body out of this pod and get her out of The Matrix. Like, that just doesn't – again, I want – I would want them to do something cooler. Maybe people wouldn't have liked that, you know. That would have been a bigger mind fuck than anything. You know, he finds out he's in a movie. He tries to break the fourth wall, whatever. I don't know. But – 
what do I know? You know, I'm not I'm not a filmmaker. I just it it felt like you know they they found an ending point on the third one, and then they're the studio came like, hey, we want to make a fourth one, and then they had to you know not scramble, but they're just like, all right, well, let's pick it up and see see how it makes sense. I don't know. Yeah, and I like your point of it being a rescue mission because like the first part of the movie, and I'm assuming the first one's a lot about figuring out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And like whether what's real, what's fake, and like that is what made the first one so appealing. I've got to imagine. Yeah. Um, and the first half of this movie is a lot of that, and I kind of liked that. And then when that ends, and Neo basically is just like, "All right, I know exactly what the fuck's going on." Then it's just a rescue mission, and you just kind of accepted, like, "Yeah, this is this," and that's kind of we're done with that mind fuck part of the movie. And that's where it kind of lost me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I like how they they did the new uh, fi- uh not Fishburne they did the new Morpheus that his uh, in the Matrix Neo created like this other game that like he unknowingly created another Morpheus that had to get rescued out of that Matrix that's it's like a Matrix inside of a Matrix Inception kind of level shit um, yeah. and that's how he got out of it is he unknowingly created another Morpheus and how the fuck uh the original girl uh, was it Bugs yeah how Bugs got into not only into the matrix but into the matrix matrix's matrix i have no idea they hacked it who the fuck knows because that's pretty much what happened right is she was inside of his matrix inside the matrix correct and then got she gave him the his his pills were both like an option to either stay in the second level of matrix or get out of the first get out of there into the first level of matrix to then pull neo out of that matrix it was just a lot and that would have been cool if they explored that more, but instead it turned into a rescue mission. Visuals slash cinematography tie. I gave this pretty high because I, I liked I liked some of the action shots in this. I thought they, you know, The Matrix is a wonky kind of film. Random cutaways, weird camera angles, a lot of like reflections kind of basing off that, um, you know, is it reality? Is it fake? The opening scene of this movie is like, you know, the, the agents walking down a hallway and it's the water reflection and they're upside down. And then I was like, oh, it's just one of those upside down ones that they're going to pan right side up like every movie does. But then he steps on the puddle. So it's like he was filming it through the puddle. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> all the CGI looked fine. I, I gave it a 17. I was I thought the visuals of this movie were pretty decent. Yeah, I also gave it a 17. All right. Fair um, I, I, I agree. I think the action scenes and everything looked cool the way that it was shot. Um, there was nothing I didn't like how it, you know, where it, how it looked, um, the robot and like the whole, I guess the quote unquote real world for them with like the, the, like all the metal and robots and shit going on that all looked like very large and detailed and, and looked pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, I, you know, the Yol Abdul Mateen's Morpheus, um, while he was in that world, like with the little metal, like you, you know what the fuck I'm talking about? Like a little nanobot yeah. type thing. That looks fine. I didn't hate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a lot of things in this that looked good. I just don't think they... The, the Matrix coating, like on the glass when it's raining. I fuck with that. Yeah. It was... And maybe that's another reason why they made this movie. It's like, hey, we have this sci-fi, you know, cult classic from the 90s. We have such better technology now. Let's take advantage of that. Maybe that was it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't think it hurts to be able to try, like, try and... Because obviously when you're a storyteller and you create this fucking crazy story, like you have a vision of what it looks like. Yeah. And you're more better equipped today to show that vision on screen than you were back then. So that's yeah. definitely got to come into play. And I, I liked how they did the stills of the old movies and like they kept it like old and grainy. I don't know. That was an artistic decision and I liked it. Like they didn't. Tweak yeah. Like the, the 
the, the, the real flashbacks, like literal flashbacks to the other movie. Yeah, I liked it. I fuck with it. Key elements, Ty. Um, again, tough because I haven't seen any of the Matrix movies, but, you know, based on my thoughts with the story, um, it kind of continuing the story of the Matrix. And even though it's not what I thought it was, you know, the Matrix not being what I thought it was, um, it does still follow that. It still has the action. It still has the, you know, the Neo and everything. I gave it a 15. Look, I get if you want to give it lower because that end, you know, rescue mission might not have seemed like the Matrix. But I don't know. Based on what I, the research I've done and, like, people's reactions to it, like, it, it felt like a Matrix movie. So, 15. <laughs> okay. I gave it a 12. Um Okay. <laughs> I, I, I wanted more out of the Matrixy and what's real, what's fake, and this pill, that pill. I only saw, like, four pills total. Well, no, he emptied out the tub. Besides his, like, whole bottle of pills, I only saw, like, four pills. So I think you need to go back and watch the first one, then. <laughs> nah. I, it, it's just, it was, it really turned into just, like, a futuristic action movie and not as much, like, the, the, the quote-unquote Matrix as I was expecting. Um, and that's, whatever, this is me. Coming in, new generation of Matrix fans. And I wanted more Matrix out of my Matrix movies. <laughs> and I stand by it. I thought Neo was fine. Um, I don't like that he didn't wear the the sunglasses. Um, you got to rock the early 2000s sunglasses like you did in the first three movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't care how ridiculous they look today. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So I just found That's out uh, the third Matrix was filmed at the same time as the second matrix. Now I'm trying to find something here is because like, I mean, this is the whole thing we've touched on. is like the idea of the matrix, not being what we thought it was and all the crazy, you know, robot world and all that going on with it that we just didn't expect is I wonder if they had this whole world planned or if they made a really cool first film, people really liked it. And then they were like, okay, now let's invest in creating all this backstory to to propel the franchise moving forward so we can have more movies because we can't have a second and third movie that is like is it real or is it fake because we've already done that in the first one that's why i thought the fourth one had a cool opportunity to kind of compound that into even more um so i don't know i don't, I don't know if they wanted a, a trilogy um i assume they didn't want four because it took 20 years later or if it was you know they got lucky. They not lucky, but they made a really cool first movie, and then they wanted to make more after that. I don't know. I'd have to watch them all. Yeah, um, it it'd be interesting to see like if this was their intentional direction with the franchise or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going through like the screenshots of Matrix Three. There's very little super futuristic world in this movie. Okay, and this just pissed me off more because <laughs> they just went so deep into the futuristic world shit. And there's this cool fight scene with him, like, surrounded by, like, a hundred of the same agent dude. And he, like, throws a pole on the ground. And he's, like, spinning around, kicking him. That's badass. We didn't get any of that in this. No, not really. I mean, kind of the end, but... No, but, like, I don't know. Again, it, it just it fucking leads me to, like, all the stuff they could have done with this film. And, again, maybe I just need to go back and watch the first fucking Matrix. Um, but, like, look, I'm reading right now. It says the film's mainstream success led to the making of two sequels. So I'm assuming they didn't plan for three, you know? Yeah. I wonder how the first one ends. I feel like that'll be very telling. I'll tell you. Um, also, there's so much, uh, like, there's so much themes in these movies, like, in the original Matrix movies, from what, like, the research I've been doing is, like, the whole, like, kind of connections to Christianity and Neo being the one and having a virgin birth and all this stuff and, like, this prophecy they believe in and, like, you know, then you have the, 
the humans being reliant on technology, which maybe wasn't as true in, in 1999, but it's very true today. Um, you know, there's like so many themes in the first movie, it seems like, and it's just like this kind of felt shallow compared to that. Um, let's see. The, yeah. The first one ended. The agents interrogate Morpheus to learn his access codes, mainframe computer and Zion, blah, blah, blah. Um, Trinity confesses her love for Neo. This is me jumping for Neo and says the Oracle told her that she would fall in love with the one. Neo is revived with newfound abilities to perceive and control the Matrix. He easily defeats Smith and the other agent, agents. So she says she loves him and then he gets powers. Nice. Um, and Fuck the other yeah. agents and leaves the Matrix just as the ship's electromagnetic pulse disables the Centennials, Sentinels. Um, back in the Matrix, Neo makes a telephone call promising the machines that he will show their prisoners a world where anything is possible. He hangs up and flies away. That feels like the ending of a first movie, like where you're like, okay, we ended the film, we ended the story, you know, and then it was so popular. Now we got to expand on this humans versus machines idea. That's just my takeaway. I don't know. The phone call makes it seem like they always intended to continue telling the story. But it says he will show the prisoners a world where anything is possible. Like they're almost writing it off, like kind of like Free Guy, where the end of Free Guy, all the the NPCs can finally live a, you know. A, a choice world whereas maybe that's i don't know free guy mm. takes inspiration from the matrix kind of a little bit actually <laughs> yeah probably it's like the real world going into the game guy finding out he's not real 100 percent. i'm in characters i gave an eight okay um i give see this is tough because there's two people who i actually like and then everyone else that i don't um neil um, patrick harris was fine yep, new oh i thought you were gonna say you liked him because i you're how i met your mother fan no, he was actually fine. I, he was kind of a little cheesy um, in points. Uh, Yoel Abdul-Mateen was really good. Okay. Um, other than that, though, like, it was like, eh, no one really was that good. Neo. I'm, so I got a question here. Are we sure Keanu Reeves is a good actor? Have you seen any of the John Wick movies? Well, that's just him being real grimacy, like, angry. And he's fantastic in that. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I, don't I don't know, know if he's... I mean, I guess the John Wick movies, I mean... That is acting, even if it's acting one way. He just wasn't that good in this movie. It felt like it was for a paycheck, for sure. Just he was, he was very much phoning it in. And outside of John Wick, I appreciate you bringing that up. I don't think I've ever seen him give a fantastic performance. Um, the other chick was whatever. Everyone, I gave it a six. Oh, jeez, <laughs> even lower than I, me. I, it was really, really not good acting. Like really not good. And it was just like okay. The Bugs Girl, I guess, was okay. The the computer guy who looked like like a fucking Super Saiyan with like the eye thing was over the top ridiculous like type yeah. of character. I don't know. I didn't like the acting in this. Yeah, I, I you asked the question though about um is he good? And it's like he kind of peaked in the nineties and then got John Wick later in his career, and that's kind of it. Like if you look at his IMDB, like all most of his best movies are from the nineties and then he got John Wick, you know. Um, so I, I don't know, you know, I, I just don't think you're probably right is, I don't know if he's that great of an actor. He might be a little overrated. He's just the face of two really big, you know, a sci-fi and an action franchise, you know, which I haven't seen the John Wick movies, so I can't, you know, comment on that, but he's also in point break. Um, he's in speed, but again, all 90s stuff. So I, I think he just, he peaked in the nineties and this felt like a cash grab where he, you know, wanted the paycheck. I gave it an eight. I just, yeah. I just didn't give me any reason to like care about anyone. It was just like, again, and not seeing the first three, even though I did my research probably hurts that is I didn't get the, uh, to experience that connection between Neo and Trinity and everything. Like 
you know, mm-hmm. originally and kind of building off that. But like, you still have to, if you're making these films, you still have to show some character growth in a later film of some capacity. And they're just really didn't really feel like there was any i mean you get bugs who you know is kind of like defies orders to do anything you know that's right whatever but i don't know i just didn't have a reason to care about any of these characters and unless you've seen the first three films like even if you've seen the first three films you'll like the characters just because they're the characters you you know watched later earlier in life but like they didn't add anything i don't think to those characters it was just kind of those characters finding out that they're still alive and not a lot of character growth the acting wasn't bad but it wasn't great you know just a lot of shots of John Wick staring out the window. Not John Wick, Keanu Reeves. I, I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it was it no. just, they were whatever. It was just vanilla and whatever. Yeah, and like even like the replacement agent, dude, like his boss in this movie, um, just really, really just there. I feel like the other bosses, like the, the agent guy from the first ones was probably more intimidating and like more of a like force mm-hmm. and like had more of a... a kind of story and shit but this guy was just he was just a part of it and they were just re rehashing out old shit with a new actor who just wasn't also that very like that good of an actor yeah yeah i was disappointed this all all this to say i was disappointed in this movie <laughs> to be fair you also had the expectations of becoming a new generation of matrix fan so um your that expect- means i wanted to like it i know i know i know i just it wasn't what i think you thought it was going to be in terms of <laughs> connecting the movies it, it just and that was the problem it felt like a a, a shell a shallow kind of cash grab where you're i don't know that being said though it's still it wasn't there, there's levels to this like it's shallow compared to the first matrix because you know it seems like everything with the first matrix and how revolutionary it was but at the same time like we've had worse sequels where it like absolutely makes no sense to even make the movie like they at least made it make sense and like follow a storyline where it's not like you know oh my god this is absolutely horrible Enjoyment, I don't know. I was I was involved in the movie throughout. The action was I liked the choreography a lot. I I liked the first half of the movie and then kind of lost it the second half. Um I still gave it a 12. I didn't see myself hating this movie. I didn't see myself loving it. I'm not really going to watch it again. Um it did make me interested in watching the first Matrix, I'll say that much. Um just because I I've seen all the potential that is there. And I I just wish maybe they would have taken a different route with this because I still think they had potential in this film to do something what the first one did, like mind blowing. I don't know. Break that fourth wall. Let him know he's in a movie. Do something like that. Again, I know you don't want to pretty much say that your first three films were all fake, but let's be honest, they're fake anyways. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you you gave it a twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm with you. I enjoyed the first half, and you, you said you know it kind of falls off second half. Um, for me, that fall off really really affected my enjoyment. I gave it a seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just I didn't have fun with this movie like I thought I would. It was just kind of over the top and, and sure, sure. Maybe I should have done some research, (laughs) but also like, fuck you. Just don't, don't make it so reliant on 20 year old movies. (laughs) Spider-Man. That's why I like Spider-Man. No way home. It says you can enjoy Toby, by just knowing that Toby was in Spider-Man, you don't have to go and watch all the fucking other Spider-Man movies to enjoy their, them being in that movie. What about, um, the third star Wars trilogy? Um, I mean, it's very reliant on, like the the they kind of just fucked everything up and just went back to like the main villain of the first Star Wars or like every Star Wars trilogy, I guess, with the Emperor. So that helps to know him. But even that, like it isn't too reliant. Like you just you gotta know force. You Darth know? Vader. Well the they explain that Darth Vader is Kylo Ren's whatever. Like they explain all that in the new trilogy. Yeah. You don't have to watch the other trilogies and find that out. It's explained. So 
okay, I'm going to rewrite the Matrix in. I, this, this is the third time I've brought it up, but here's the story. You get the first half of the movie. You get you know him not knowing what is fake, what is reality, blah, blah, blah. And the video game, all that hand, that all that holds. Turns out that was a video game that he developed in this fake reality. Why? I don't know. You could explain it for whatever reason. A new Morpheus comes in, gets him out of it. He finds out he's in a different fake reality. Maybe it's a movie reality, and now he's in a different. And again, they'd have to then create another quote unquote new reality that he gets out of. You know, he gets out of this fake reality to go into the real reality. I don't know. Could have been interesting. They mentioned Warner Bros. Break the fourth wall. He gets out of the film. I don't know. It, maybe it would have seemed corny. It wouldn't have been cool. But if you're going to remake this 20 years later, it has to be revolutionary for more than just the the better CGI, you know? Here, here's Okay, so my thing is the first the first Matrix is like a mindfuck because you don't know what's real, what's fake. Yes. Here's my thing. Is you make this movie completely the mindfuck to where you have like the Matrix where we start in and he's working the office job and he's a game developer, right? Yep. And then you have oh wait hold on I confused myself <laughs> this is <laughs> I want a loop I want a loop to where like the video game he's creating is the real world that created the Matrix so like all of them are a loop and it makes no fucking sense how the fuck does that make how does that work <laughs> I don't know but it's gonna be a mind fuck so like the video game in the Matrix is like based like it's the real world type thing with like all the sentient aliens and shit. But that also created the Matrix, so it's like a never-ending loop that he can't get out of or some shit. And none of it's real. Okay. That's what I want. That would have been a game-changer to fuck with people's mind again and not just a let's go save my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the moral of the story is fuck people's minds if you're going to make this movie yeah. again. Yeah, I, I wanted to be mind-fucked, and I, was, I just watched a guy get really sad because he didn't have his girlfriend anymore. And then she turned out to be a bigger badass than he was. Yeah, you already tried making the sequels with the second and third one. They didn't do too well where it continues a story. How about pivot a little bit? You could have had a chance to bring in a new generation of Matrix fans. Instead, you have Tyler giving it a not-so-great score on our movie ranking scale. Ty, what'd you give it? Time out before I get my final score. The part where he's walking <laughs> off the building. Yeah? Did he really try to kill himself, or was that him getting out of the Matrix? No, I think that was him trying to kill himself in the Matrix, but the Matrix didn't let him because they needed him. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. My final score is a dead on 50. Okay. <laughs> dead on 50. I gave it much higher than you. Wow. Um, What'd you give it? I gave it a 64. 14 points higher. That gives us a final score of 57 out of 100, making it our... <laughs> I love that we had a large gap and slightly disagreed because it's tied with Hubie Halloween for 80th <laughs> out of 140. Or 104, not 40. Okay, that feels right. Um, I'm happy that my score was a 64 and not a 65 because I wouldn't give this a fresh. I just wouldn't. Like, it's not horrendous to me, but I wouldn't give it a fresh. I'd give it a rotten. And it's literally right there on that line of the best you could be while being rotten. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think it's pretty far below that line, which is why I gave it a 50. It's just not that good. And Like, I get what they were kind of going for in the first half, but then, like, afterwards, it's just it kind of loses all the charm of the first one. And it's just like, let's fight some fucking robots and, and go get, you know, do everything we can. And like, it, you're right. It's just a rescue mission. And it just, it sucks. And they need her. And I don't know. Neil Patrick Harris is cool. Y'all do him in teen. He's cool as shit. He's good in Watchmen. Go watch Watchmen instead of this. Go watch the first Matrix. No, fuck the first Matrix. Go watch the Watchmen series. Fantastic. 
not great for the matrix next week we have a the film we thought we were reviewing last week don't look up leonardo dicaprio jennifer lawrence um jonah hill so many more uh barbara no what's her name? timothy chalamet ariana grande yep yep meryl streep that's who i was thinking of yeah says chris evans mm-hmm. kate blanchett yep hamish patel who plays someone i know who does he play he looks oh uh guy from yesterday yeah kid cuddy yep uh who i think matthew perry yep both the perrys oh yeah tyler perry it's got everyone ron perlman ron perlman all that to say we're looking at the exact michael chiklis the thing from the first incredible four <laughs> incredible four incredible four what the fuck <laughs> fantastic four um leave schreiber he's in some other stuff voice of hard knocks yeah all that to say it has a 56 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah just the most by far the worst percentage per star in movie history adam mckay directing that counts as another star yeah i don't it's got a 77 audience so what i'm hoping for is because it's a comedy you see all those names and you expect it to be serious with the score i'm hoping oh i gotta sneeze open oh, one away i'm hoping it's a movie that's pretty funny and the critics don't like it because it's just like a straight-up comedy it's not like they were like oh leo and all these guys it's gonna be like a, a thought piece blah 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 no it just happens to be just really funny that's what i'm hoping for out of it um, based on the robert reviews. levine from newsday said he gave it a rotten he said there's nothing more excruciating than watching very famous people work entirely too hard to be funny okay not a good sign look this I'm not- fresh this person gave it a fresh score and said, don't look up is good, but could have been so much better. Not a great sign. Look, I'm not going to let the review sway me. If I think it's funny and it's a great movie, I will uh, be excited for that. That is, that is releasing today, though, Christmas Eve on Netflix. Go watch it before next week's uh, posting. Um, we might be more on schedule and actually post on a Wednesday next week instead of the Friday, which we've been doing the last two weeks based on, you know, Spider-Man releasing on a Thursday and then the Matrix releasing on a fucking Wednesday, which is just the weirdest thing ever. I don't know why it released on Wednesday. Stupid. Um, so stupid but we worked with it so yeah don't look up next week random rotten tomatoes movie score to end the podcast it's christmas eve the holiday spirit i was gonna go with deck the halls because that's a movie i love i think i might have done it before i don't know i feel like i might have done all these movies before um wasn't sure if you were familiar with deck the halls so i decided to pass on deck the halls instead i'm going with a movie that a lot of people have been highlighting this holiday season i've actually never seen it all the way through i've only seen like the last 30 minutes of it i've seen that like 30 times but i haven't seen the beginning i don't know how that's possible that's just how it's happened arnold schwarzenegger jingle all the way 1996 Mm. are you familiar is that the one with like the the action figure yes and he turns into like a like a superhero type thing yes fuck yeah um i don't know there was a lot of love for arnie back in those days arnold schwarzenegger was the box office i feel like for a little while there and then he became governor um and he did he he very much pivoted on that (laughs) used that famousness to become Governor of California. Let me help your math. There's um, 48 reviews. Don't know if you could do quick math and come up ooh, with a percentile okay. with that. 48 reviews. Okay, okay. Okay, quick math here. We're going to go. We're going to go pull out the calculator. You're going to see mm-hmm. how much each review is worth for a percent? Yep. And then you're going to calculate how many positive you think you got out of 48. Is that how you're doing this? Yeah. Yep. Out of 48, let's say. So let's each, say... each positive review is worth 2.0833333%. Let's say 35 out of 48. We're going to rock a 73%. 19. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 19%. That was so much work for a terrible score. <laughs> I I thought people liked this movie more than that. Um, Shit, so did I, man. 
19 divided by 2.0833. That means only like nine people gave it a fresh out of 48. That's tough. Um, jingle all the way? Yeah, jingle all the way. What's like, is it got a good audience score at least? I, I no? don't know. Some of the, the raw reviews are hilarious. Justin Brown of Medium Popcorn says, regardless of how crazy it was, it was actually still entertaining. You can't help but laugh at some of the madness. Pure madness. Rotten. Next up, I have a soft spot for it because I saw it so many times as a kid, but it is not a good movie. Uh, <laughs> Owen Glaberman of Entertainment Weekly just didn't write a review. He just fucking yeah. gave it rotten. See that. This guy says, Arnold. That sounds a little uh, racist. Uh, is racist the right word? He writes Arnold because Arnold he's making fun of his accent instead of Arnold. Terminates I feel like I, I don't know if it is like I'm just, like it is an accent, but it's so uniquely Arnold that I feel like it's allowed. Okay, fair. Like that's the number one impression people do. Fair. And he said terminates, which means he's a fan. Comingsoon.net says, and and one wonders why Sinbad hasn't made any movies since. Damn, burn. Got him. I don't know Sinbad the director. I have no fucking clue. I've heard of him. Sinbad, let's see. This guy looks cool as shit, though. <laughs> his, he made Good Burger. His highest rated movie is a 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> he was in Planes. <laughs> He's been in stuff since that movie. That was just an objective lie. A lot of bad movies, but objective lie. Ty, he was uh, part of Good Burger. He was. I've never seen it, though. That's all I got for you this week. Yep, next week. Don't look up. Go watch it. It's on Netflix. I don't know if it's still in theaters. If you're going to theaters, just go watch Spider-Man again, though. Yep. Um, in the meantime... Have a Merry Christmas and be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.